Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Laura, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. How have you been this week? Um, yeah, not too bad. I've been better, but I'm, I'm one day at a time, Laura, getting through this one day at a time. She's practising gratitude in action right there. <laughs> I mean, you're so bang on trend with our December theme there, Devs. <laughs> Definitely the gift that keeps on giving, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so we thought it would be a nice way to close this year, to wrap up the extraordinary year that has been 2021 with a focus on the true gifts of life. So last week was all about happiness and that's been amazing to get the feedback. People saying that's one of their faves. So that was great having our guest, Karan, talking about different types of happiness. And the focus this week is going to be on the gift um, that costs nothing to give but is priceless to receive, which is the gift of attentive listening. So, Debs, secrets from a coach, from your coaching perspective, for the thousands of hours you've spent with people, how important is it, that skill of listening? What impact can it make? Oh, my God. It is one of the most important things, not just in coaching, but in any any event, any any interaction, any relationship, to be able to listen and listen really, really well. You hear so much more. And as a coach, that's your gift, And if you are not good at listening because you're wanting to either interrupt or you're waiting to reply or you're waiting to ask a question, you are missing the, the golden moments, if you like, because you're not truly listening to understand, which is what listening is all about. If I'm attentively listening to you, I'm listening to understand it from your perspective, your map of the world, as I call it. It's nothing to do with me. I just happen to be the person listening to be able to prompt my um, next question, if you like, um, once I've heard, really heard what you've had to say. Wow. And what what impact have you seen it have on someone in that moment when they realise that they are being truly listened to? What do you see in their demeanour? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you see them waiting for you to interrupt them is the first thing I always notice because people are so used to being interrupted. Um, And then when you're not interrupting them because you genuinely want to hear from what they have to say, there's this little bit of um, surprise, I suppose, um, and a little bit of um, shock to go, oh, you are really listening. And then you find that because of that, they then trust you and therefore they know that they can just talk um, and they're being heard and therefore they open up more. They can hear themselves as well as um, maybe I can replay back what I'm hearing them say. And it just gives them that freedom to explore, which is just incredible to watch. Yeah. And I was sort of reflecting as we were planning for this about how, you know, it's not just those kind of soft, intimate moments in our lives. There's also some pretty hardcore moments when listening actually is the most premium skill that you could deploy in that moment. And I was recalling back, do you remember those, that fab research we were doing when we were preparing for one of our freebie lunch and learns when lockdown had sort of kicked in first off last year? And it was about communication. And we were learning about... Um, what our FBI hostage negotiators taught 
about the power of language in a conversation in 2D, for example. We thought, well, actually, of all the people who might have got some really interesting training packages that we could look about what we could transfer to sort of more typical kind of work. And it struck out for us, didn't it, about that hostage negotiator saying, people think that hostage negotiators are really great communicators and really great talkers. In fact, we're really great listeners. Mm -hmm. And it's that listening space that then enables you to actually have a dialogue, potentially in quite stressful, high-pressure situations, that enables you to then crack on and sort of move the situation on. So I think for anyone here right now who is caught up in some snarly, complicated, tricky conversations and you're not quite sure of the right thing to say, flip it. What is it you need to ask to then be able to listen to then actually be able to move that situation on? That's what a hostage negotiator would do. Yeah, absolutely. And that ability to really listen um, at the, we talk about the different stages of listening as well. Um, You know, so are you just listening just for the sake of it? Are you ignoring? Are you pretending to listen? You know, are you selectively listening because you're only listening out for what you want to hear? Um, or are you attentive or, you know, at the core of that is the empathic listening where you, as I always say, you're listening to understand. Um, because really it's on average, I did some stats on this law. I know you love a stat. Um, Ooh, on average, on. a person can only remember 50% of what they've heard straight after they've heard it which is mad, right? And another study showed that only 10% of the initial message communicated is retained after three days. So if we're not really listening with our hearts, as I always call it, then we're going to miss all that beautiful stuff that people have to share with us and we miss the cues or we miss the opportunity to explore it more, be curious more with the individual um, because you know, we're, we're focused on our own internal dialogue most of the time um, which doesn't, um, so we're not focusing on what the speaker is actually saying whereas if you're saying like the FBI people you know, they're listening, that's the skill that you have because you know, you're, you're just listening to understand, not waiting to reply or talk and that's the where the magic happens um, because Tom Peters, I know he's been around a little while and he's considered to be, you know, a guru in the world of leadership and management. And um, I know he's written a couple of books, but the one in, um, I think it's called Search of Excellence or In Search of Excellence. Um, and he talks about us being 18 second listeners. And he said that's the common cold of leadership is that we don't listen. Um, and so we are ready to interrupt or ask a question or we're just waiting for our turn within 18 seconds, which is madness. So we miss, again, a big chunk of that. So my challenge, if you're listening to this today, is to just see how quickly you might have wanted to interrupt or ask us a question. And I bet it was less than 18 seconds. Yeah. And for those of you that really struggle, set yourself up with a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So you can carry on talking without any interruption. (laughs) 18 seconds, Debs. Oh, my goodness. Now, what I'm intrigued in is what drives that need to interrupt. So what is it about us humans that means that, you know, we're sort of growing increasingly um, kind of uh, uh, pressured or anxious to want to sort of contribute? So Mm. what, what, what do we think drives the fact that listening sounds so easy, but actually it and sounds so simple, but it doesn't mean it is easy. So what is kind of going on underneath that actually might be worth a little bit of a reflection and then we can then decide each of us ourselves what our own take is on that. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's such a good question, Law. And I think over the years of coaching, I think it's that and um, watching teams working and, you know, we facilitated loads of discussions where you can see someone is on the edge of their seat wanting to speak. Um, and it's sometimes that they're not heard so therefore, they, they're going to miss an opportunity. So they're like waiting because they're not being heard properly. And it's one of the things that we as coaches watch out for, which is, you know, people aren't always heard. So therefore, if they're given an opportunity to be able to speak, they're going to take that opportunity because they may not be heard and the point may be missed and they may get overlooked and and all of the inner critic stuff, if you like, that goes on in our heads um, can play out with that so again all the time we're like waiting to speak we're not really listening but the reason people do that is because they're not being heard in the first place cool i mean and without going too sort of you know overly psychodynamic sort of stuff i mean i guess show us show think back to the kids you were when you were younger and how listened you were when you were in your formative years and also the first couple of jobs that you had, if you were able to feel like when you spoke up in that space, you were valued, I guess that urge and that anxiety later on, you know, put a couple of decades on it, isn't there so much because you can just take that scenario as, as what it is. It's not about how much you are genuinely contributing to the world in that moment as a human. It's just in that moment, there's a conversation where the other person's taking the lead and, and sort of get over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. In the nicest possible way, yeah. And I think over the years, Law, we've sort of learned some tricks of the trade, if you like, that enable us to um, maybe interject um, or maybe ask a different question or be curious about that. So, you know, we enable somebody to be heard. So whereas somebody might cut them off and start speaking we've we've learned over time to just say actually just let's just just pause a moment you know tell us more whoever you are about what you were you know what was your point where were you going with that so we have we've been able to control if you like some of the conversations that enable somebody to be heard and i think that's the magic yeah, love it. And actually, for anyone here that is running team meetings or is having team gatherings, whether they're in the in the flesh, whether they're kind of through the screen, actually that discipline of we've got 11 people in this meeting, hmm, only three are speaking up. How do I now purposely invite other people to then contribute to ensure that it is an equal space to be listened to? So I think there's a duty of responsibility for everyone who's facilitating that or chairing that conversation to provide an equitable space for everyone to be listened because, um, you know, very quickly, certainly I've seen, I know you have as well, the team dynamics kick in and people think, oh, right, it's just those three talking. All right, I'll just sort of back off a little bit. And actually <laughs> that kind of opportunity to be listened kind of goes if people think that they're not going to have their chance to be able to kind of contribute. Yeah, definitely. And I often get asked, you know, how can I, how can you become a better listener? Um, and I think, first of all, you just have to be really present in the moment. So if there's distractions going on, you're not going to really listen to what's being said. Um, I think that, you know, there's an acknowledgement of the other person's thoughts or opinions as well. Um, you may not necessarily agree with them, but I think respecting them by acknowledging what they've said um, can make a really big difference because then you... They they feel again that you've 
heard, you've listened to them. Um, and that, you know, it just promotes more healthy communication, I think, when you've acknowledged that that person has put a point in the room, whether you agree with it or not, but it's an opens it up then for further exploration. And I'm curious as to where that thought came from. Tell me more. You know, how often have you heard me say that? Oh, that's interesting. You know, tell me more about that. Um, yeah. I haven't given and my Debs, opinion. Yeah. <laughs> how often does that save my bacon as well yeah. when you think, oh, I've got no idea how to respond to this? And I think, yeah. what would Debs do? W- WWDD. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> it's a brilliant little kind of life-saving question where you think, I'm completely stymied. I'm not sure how to kind of respond to this. So rather than trying to think of the magic questions, let's just find out some more information. Yeah, because we don't know it all either. And if we're really listening to others, really listening, we learn at the same time. You know, because if we're... If we're um, opening up the space, having that free space, as I call it, to just not judge, not assume, not have any preconceived biases about the individual. You know, we can actually probably learn something as well. And and then you can give that genuine feedback, if you like. This is, oh my God, I never thought about it from that way. Or thank you for sharing your opinion around that. Um, I just thought, you know, what you said then was just amazing. I hadn't considered it from that side. Um and that t- takes some guts to acknowledge that, I think, sometimes. Some people aren't willing to do that as well, for whatever reason. I think there's kind of two angles that, you know, potentially people can apply. What well, both angles, this kind of concept of attentive listening, one of the real gifts in life. First off, from our kind of professional uh, level of expertise, I wish someone had told me when I first entered into the world of work that actually the art of selling and communicating and engaging people is not in the presentation skills, it's in the listening skills to then be able to present back maybe that key information. And I blush up now when I I think about one of the first assessment centres I went on for a job that I really wanted. And you had to kind of have this simulation role play of kind of a sales meeting. And I'd never had any sales training. I I thought it was all about coming up with these great phrases. And uh, I mean, I completely messed it up. And thank goodness I got that feedback as an age 22 year old. So you didn't ask us any questions. You didn't find out what we actually wanted. And it was just like a slap in the face. I had no one had ever said to me, by the way, in order to successfully explain something so someone says, yes, please, you've got to find out what they want. <laughs> yes. And in order to find out what they want, you've got to ask some open-ended questions. Absolutely. And I, I just was sort of flabbergasted, really, just how simple that is. But until someone had actually made it clear to me, you do know the best way to, best way to express yourself is to ask some questions to then know how to yes. express yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and no one's oh. ever explained it to me. And then when you then think back, school, further education, early jobs, it's about presenting. I wonder how many listening exercises are done in those kind of early years. Yeah, I don't think there are many, to be fair, Um, because whatever might be going on, there's an agenda or someone needs to get through this really super quick and they want to be heard. So their voice is going to be the loudest in the room. And, And I think it links back into that, you know, how intelligent are you emotionally? So are you aware of the impact that you're even having on people as to whether people can tell you're listening or not? And if you're not listening, people will switch off or just tell you what they want to hear. But um, I think it leads, as you were saying, the questions as well as listening, it enables you to just ask the right question because you have heard. 
Um, and, and as you know, my sort of legacy to the world has always been the wonderful question triangle, which I just love to bits, which is that bit where if you think about, um, if you can just envisage a, a triangle and you've got a low intensity question through to high intensity questions. And if you think of the lowest one, you know, so where was that, when, who, they're quite easy to answer, right? They're facts, they're data-led, um, they're just, you know, there's nothing more than that. Really straightforward. Whereas if you go to the middle layer, which is the what and the how question, which I always say are you wanting to get out of somebody else their idea or their opinion or their thoughts about something or their feelings, if you lead it with a what and a how question you know, that opens them up. They're going to have to think a little bit more before they respond. And then you have to obviously hear um, and really listen attentively to be able to know what the next question would be. But the minute we go in with a why question, we are actually challenging somebody's values and beliefs and their identity as a human. Now, that's great if that's what you want to do, but it's not always the best thing in general everyday conversations. It's good if you're a four-year-old going, why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Because you're learning. But as an adult, if you're asking a why question of somebody, you'll either get a response back that they think you want to hear or they go very defensive and then you don't get anywhere and then you're in a conflict situation because no one's budging. Um, so if you can think about working, as we say, in the in coaching in the T-zone, which is the what and the how and the when, you'll have a much more productive conversation because you'll just trust yourself to know instinctively what the next question will be because you've asked a what or a how question you're exploring that more because of your own curiosity. And then you'll be able to sort of, you know, bring it into the, so when will we do that? Or when will you do that? Or when will you make that happen? And it just leads really nicely. I think um, I think that's such a useful insight for life in general as well. And I think the thing about listening is that it really is a gift that you can apply in different directions. I, I now know never to ask a friend why are you with him? <laughs> because when you ask that why question after you'd then, you know, I've kind of learned that from you, is actually what you get is someone, as you said, either further entrenched in sort of justifying why they might be staying in a relationship that isn't the best for them. Whereas if you ask a lower intensity question of, so what is it that still makes you want to stay in that relationship? You get a completely different response. So, you know, I'm so grateful to you sharing that information because although I'm not a formal coach and I'm not, you know, a qualified coach, so that isn't what I do as kind of part of my day-to-day work, certainly there are lots of, you know, personal types of conversations I have with friends and all people in my life. And knowing that actually the question why is so powerful, you almost don't want it to backfire and then take the conversation actually down a kind of less truthful kind of way. Um, and, you know, what I was just thinking as I was, I was thinking about the kind of the personal life stuff. So from a professional point of view, certainly for anyone that's any kind of sales role, the ability to listen is as magical as the ability to articulate yourself. And in fact, I remember one of the um, senior recruitment consultants is one of the first businesses I was a trainer in saying, she goes, I can spot the high billers because they're the ones that are really good at listening. You think, wow. God, that's such a useful insight. But from a personal life perspective, so Devs, I don't know if you ever picked up this bit of research, but such is the power of listening that researchers have have had it where they've had pairs of people um, asked to look at each other in the eye and truly listen to each other and um, and talking about their values and their purpose. And then they've just seen people sort of falling in love with each other. (laughs) 
<laughs> Such is the power of actually looking at someone in the eyes, listening, asking some questions, and, um, and then self-report after saying, God, I really feel like I love that person. That's how powerful it is, because in that moment, you're bestowing the biggest gift to someone, which is an audience, which means yes. you count. Yes. Oh, my God. And that you absolutely count and you exist as a human. Um, and that's what we're looking for is that recognition that we do exist and therefore I can be heard in a way that enables me to express my thoughts without judgment. Um, it's just that safe space to sometimes talk, which is again in coaching is why, you know, I'm in such a privileged position doing what I do because you hear so much that probably people wouldn't speak about normally. But because you've created that space where, you know, you're looking at that um, what and how you're you're enabling that person to explore, you're enabling that person to sometimes to reflect on the what if and imagine if and different things like that and what would you love to do differently. I think it's that bit where you're, you know, you're helping them be in a better place to think about their thoughts that may or may not be right or wrong. So going back to that inner critic that we sometimes have, you know, if we're questioning ourselves all of the time, we need to get ourselves out of that space by asking ourselves some questions, you know. So, you know, because if you're only listening to your rational mind all the time, which may or may not be right, um, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to listen to yourself. Um, you know, learn, as you said earlier, you know, asking somebody their values, it really means what's important to them. And if you created that space for them to explore that with you or share it, the trust is there. Um, and then I think that bit, recognizing your core beliefs as well because you have to look at yourself and say are they serving me or yeah or not um because sometimes our core beliefs are our script that's been running for years and years and years um but it may not be helping us today so exploring that using your imagination being present with yourself and listening to what you really want um can really help you shape the future I mean, Dev, what's the old uh, Gandhi phrase, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. And of course, it's really difficult to put outwards what you're not giving yourself in that first place. Otherwise, it becomes kind of tiring and it's kind of um, a pretend, you know, a kind of artificial sort of listening. So I guess my kind of call to action or our call to action would be on this topic is in order to be able to listen attentively to others, you've got to listen to yourself attentively, just as you so beautifully described. And this exercise is something that you can do right now. So if it's safe to do so, to look at your own hand. If it is safe to do so, it's even better to draw around your own hand. And this is an exercise that we call our life's treasures. And it is a brilliant opportunity to really listen to yourself, the version of you that exists today, right now. And the exercise is um, you put your hand, your dominant hand down, um, or you put your, your, if you're right-handed, you put your left hand down on a bit of paper. You draw around your hand, which already feels like quite a strange experience. To, I mean, it depends on what type of stuff you'd get up to during the day. And then when you then remove your hand, you'll then see that you've then got these five-digit spaces, if you're lucky enough to be fully fingered. And then that um, palm space in the middle. And then in those five-digit spaces... It's an opportunity for you to write down what are the five things I truly treasure in my life? 
that bring me meaning. So what are the five things that I truly treasure? Because um, when you think about it, the things that are our true treasures in life, we tend to be able to count them on one hand anyway. So that's an opportunity just to catch up with yourself. When I really listen to myself and I attend to the things that are important to me, what are those five treasures? And then in that palm space, to then write your um, 2022 vision. So in light of all of those things that you truly treasure, what is going to be your focus for 2022? So amongst all of the hustle and bustle, you're still able to recall, actually, when I listen to myself, this is the type of year that I want to head. And those kind of treasures, uh, they probably kind of balance each other out. So how do you look after those treasures and then have the year ahead sort of with optimism? And where that's kind of been, not only is it really powerful as a team exercise, family exercise as well. I mean, no one's going to be offended by feeling like you want them to have a great life. So that kind of treasures exercise is ever so powerful and particularly useful if you feel like you've sort of limped or fallen towards the end of this calendar year. It's an opportunity to practice what, you know, we're kind of, you want to do with others, which is to listen to yourself well. Yeah. Oh my God. That is amazing. Oh yes, I'm going to do that as well, Laura. I think it's a great one. So I think my share the secret then would be to enable somebody to do their treasures. I think that would be a good one. And um, I would also get them to think about and share the secret with anybody that just needs to maybe listen to themselves first um, and get them to ask themselves some of that what yeah, what do they want their life to be about, which links into your brilliant, brilliant treasures exercise as well. So that would be my share the secret. Ah, Debs, lovely. Um, so next week's episode, so that is the third in our December series on life's gifts. And um, next week is going to be the gift of hard-won wisdom. So the stuff that might not be easy as you acquire it, but boy, that means that the skill then is hard to lose. <laughs> if it's taken you a long time to build it up, then that means it's probably there kind of with you. So I think that would be a very interesting way to really start to reflect on all that we've gathered this year. So the gift of hard-won wisdom. Um, and so in the meantime, Devs, have a fabulous week ahead looking after your treasures. <laughs> I will, Law. You too. Love you lots. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Insta at secretsfromacoach.com.